Gentlemen, welcome to another week of the PNC Progression Wrestling Podcast. I'm your host, Elio Canal, along with Men Silver Pierce and Barriers, Ben Pierce. Ben, how are you? I'm good, man. I unfortunately I'm becoming more and more used to being in quarantine, and you know it's it's not in my nature. But however, uh, just seeing uh, just seeing another human being and having somewhat normal interaction on a Friday uh, night has become the, uh, or Saturday night in our case, has become kind of a saving grace for me. So uh, I am definitely ready and raring to go and uh, we should have a very good show lined up for the people. Why don't we, uh, why don't we break down what we have for them and then uh, jump right in. All right. So let's, do what DX always says and break it down. <laughs> uh, yes, exa- exactly. But but having said that, before we, I just have to say that was a very lame transition. How, however, <laughs> I will, uh, I will, I will. Save I purposely, you. I purposely did that. Yeah. Yes. Well, it, it was la- it was lame, and just don't do it again. <laughs> anyway. Um, so, in addition to our regular weekly coverage, we will also be um, breaking down my my fantasy intercontinental championship tournament bracket and winner. Uh, disclaimer: It's done turn, tournament style. It's not it's not based on the number of reigns or anything like that. It's just Based on, based on the names I was presented with, uh, I just broke it down to the best of my ability. So, yeah, okay. if, if you don't agree, or if if you don't agree, we can discuss it. But if the if the um, if the viewers or listeners disagree, I would encourage them to uh, fill out their own bracket and uh, and then uh, you know if, if they don't like how I booked it, book their own. So yeah, anyway, um, yes, I'm 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 being a heel today on today's podcast, but then, but then again, I'm I'm typically always a heel when it comes to Vince McMahon's booking decisions. Speaking of Vince McMahon's booking decisions, oh, we got news. Oh uh, yes, we do. Oh boy, let's hear this. So you know. As as we all know, WWE is in, in the middle of a landmine period right now, where their programming just sucks. And if you don't think it sucks, you need to get your head examined and you know maybe see a professional for assistance. Um, but uh, but here but here's the thing. So I believe it was either yesterday or today. Uh, WWE had their um, fourth quarter uh, earnings conference call. Um, So instead of talking about the issues surrounding the quarantine and their 
and WWE's taping schedule and their controversial decision to go into an under-the-table relationship with the uh, state of Florida uh, and the $18.5 million bribe to, to run the shows and all their releases and Black Wednesday that just took place. No, no, no. He didn't, he didn't blame any of that for the, for the decrease in ratings on weekly television. He blames the fact. Are you ready for this, Elio? I'm ready. He blamed the fact that Brock Lesnar is no longer the champion. Uh, excuse me, you dumb fuck. Uh, didn't, aren't you the one that booked Brock Lesnar to no longer be the champion at WrestleMania? And you gave the title to Braun Strowman of all fucking people who you buried for the last four freaking years? <laughs> What's going on? Is am I missing something here? Fuck you, Vince. What? Do you I mean I mean it's just it's it's ridiculous. Um but don't don't get me started on 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 another Braun Strowman rant because I think over the last two weeks we've covered that. Man, I, I, I've been uh, surrounded by a lot of feuds lately. I got my I got my uh, other friend uh, feuding with King Mo in MLW. My mom's feuding with the President of the United States. You're feuding with Braun Strowman. What's going on? <laughs> Well, well, and why is your, why is your, this is interesting, why is your friend feuding with King Mo? No, he just, he's just not a fan of King Mo at all. Well, I'm not either. I mean, good Lord. Thank God he, thank God he didn't migrate over to uh, WWE and stayed in the shit show that was TNA at that point in time. But anyway, uh, so with, with Vince's latest excuses that he aired on, uh, the uh, the conference call it's gonna be it's gonna be very interesting because in in addition to that it's also been reported that obviously he's been in a bad mood because WWE over the last number of months leading into WrestleMania and also the last uh, couple weeks with the bankruptcy of the XFL. Wait 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 wait! Did you say he's been in a bad mood. Yes. Not Vince. Come on. Are you yes. serious? I, I know. Well, that, I know. That, 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 that's surprising. My I goodness. know that's a shock oh, to the system. God. I understand Vince that. Is man in a bad mood? Oh. Never. This, Come on. This, he, this, he's such, a jolly, a, such he's such a jolly soul. <laughs> oh, no, he's not. <laughs> uh, but, but speaking of so... So not not only are the see not only is the product in the toilet as we see every week on weekly television not only is the XFL uh, bankrupt uh, he is also being sued by the CEO of the XFL uh, you know he's got he released forty people there there's there's all sorts of controversy over how uh, WWE has handled their business in the midst of uh, the outbreak, which which we we broke down those issues. I, I believe it was either last week or the week before. Um, 
on the podcast, one of one of those, I forget which one. The weeks are just kind of blending together for me now, but we did cover that, so go back and... You know what? Uh, I could have swore I just woke up and started my day, and now it's already time to go back to sleep. Exactly. <laughs> and I, I'm, having, I'm having the same problem. Like, literally, um, I, uh, like, yesterday, uh, and then we'll get back on track, but yesterday was the first time that I had been out of the house for... Uh, any reason other than sitting in my backyard. I went on a Dunkin' Donuts run that lasted for like a half hour, and I, I was so happy to just to be in my fucking car. <laughs> they're, they're, they're open? Uh, yeah, the, the, the restaurants, a lot of the um, restaurants are open via um, like carry-out services or drive through Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Um, yes. Yeah. I just anyway, uh, just because I haven't been able to go there because if I if I had to book a ride, um, my parents would be like, "Where are you going?" Right? You know, you know what's going on. I'm like, and so they'd probably be asking me all these questions about like where I'm going, yeah, even so even 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 though they know. Well, well, and, and as you as you revealed to me last uh, a few weeks ago. Um, you now have a girlfriend, so now you have to, uh, you have to, um, you know. No, if I, you know, if I really wanted to go to uh, the donut shop to Tim Hortons or whatever. No, 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 no. I, and I know that's what you were talking about, but in addition to all that. Oh, yeah, know, I know, yeah. You also have a girlfriend, so you have to, you have to make those explanations to your parents, but can't be pleasant but anyway uh we digress because we're having fun on a saturday um so so yeah uh vince has had plenty of reason to be in a bad mood and apparently um apparently he threw superstars including brock lesnar under the bus for the sinking ratings which which we all know is bullshit uh speak and speaking of uh speaking of bullshit and i'm particularly heaping help helping of it Let's jump right into our review of Monday Night Raw. Talking about, um, you know, recently winning the winning the championship and how he's gonna like take on all challenges, right? So the, the typical new champion promo. Sorry, before um, you go on, I can't believe this. Eleven matches in total. Holy smokes! Uh, yeah, it was it was it was sickening. Oh. So any, anyway, so. He, he, he says he's not surprised about uh, getting laid out last week because the championship means a lot to many people. Uh, well, I would have to call bullshit on that because as we've seen on WWE television, the titles don't mean a goddamn thing. But anyway, uh, so 
He talks about having a target on his back, and Seth wants a piece of him in the championship. Uh, and he he accepts Seth's challenge uh, because he's a fighting champion and blah blah blah. And so he says he'll defend it against money against Seth at Money in the Bank to prove he's the best. So then, for what seemed like the first of fifty separate times throughout the evening. Uh, here comes uh, Angel Garza, uh, Austin Theory, and Selena Vega. We think of Angel of uh, Austin Theory. I think uh, I don't know if I asked you or not. Well, honestly, honestly, I haven't seen enough of him to render an opinion. But if okay. um, if what I'm hearing about him uh, is true, they're looking at him like like he might be the next big thing. But how? That being said. He's only 22 years old, and I, because of that, and usually, usually I try not to judge people based off their age, but really, in, in this particular scenario, um, I, I just think maybe 22 is a little bit um, too young, you know, maybe a little bit too early in his career to be in this spot, especially, okay. especially when there's a lot more developed people um, on the roster. I'm not saying he's not talented. I've been impressed with what I've seen so far. I just think it's... Okay. I just think... I just think going, sorry, go on. I just think that when you put him in matches with people like Aleister Black and then, like, you know he's going to lose, you know... Okay. It's just kind of uh, counterproductive in my book. But, it, but I do... I do enjoy seeing new blood on the show, and and we'll get it. We'll get into that because um, seeing seeing uh, seeing this new this new trio so much on Monday night kind of had me concerned, and I'll tell you why um, uh, a little bit later on in the review. But um, what what were you gonna say? Oh no, I was gonna say Angel Garza. I really like Angel Garza. I think I think he's he, I think he has a massive money written all over him, and he should be in my book based on what I've seen. He should be the next breakout star of WWE. Period. It looked like they were gonna they were studying a storyline with him and Charlie Caruso, or that was just a just that was just a random thing. Well, uh, well, and, uh, it really did appear to be random. However, uh, that that being said, I wouldn't mind seeing more of Charlie Caruso on my television. Um, you know, I, I agree. I, I mean, no disrespect whatsoever. She's she's very very good at her job. You know. No, I agree. I I, I no, love- no complaints there, but it's just. But any anytime Charlie Caruso wants to be on my TV, I I, I don't have a problem. Nope. <laughs> None whatsoever. All right, next match. Oh well, oh, first, yeah. first match. Sorry. So so yeah. So this kind of this kind of feeds into what I was saying. So, uh, them them being out there to interrupt Drew leads to the first. Uh, match of the evening, which is uh, the first uh, the first men's Money in the Bank qualifying match 
and it goes Alistair Black versus Austin Theory. Now, now, this was this was very very interesting to me because, you know, in in real life, Selena Vega is married to Alistair Black. So, so throughout this throughout this entire match, she is on commentary cheering on Austin Theory. But yet, but yet, like you can you can hear in her tone how much how much fun she's having, and like you know how she's how she's struggling to uh, you know to not smile through the whole thing because you know she, she's in actuality she's married to um, Alistair Black and 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 did, did you catch the one part? Yeah, so because I'm getting, I'm getting into that because yeah, at, the, go on. at the end of um, at the end of Black's post-match interview, he, he says something slightly away from the mic, like, uh, you know, I deal with enough of this at home, or 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 something to that effect, and it it made me it made me laugh my ass off. I know I was talking about that. I was talking about another part in the match. Oh well, okay. Well, what were you uh, talking about? Just, uh, when uh, Black threw Austin Theory out of the ring, Selena Vega got up from commentary, and she was like, she was going. It looked like she was going to walk towards Black, and she's like, she's uh, telling you think you're tough or you think you're bad. Oh Lord! I don't know if you caught that part. No, I didn't. Oh, that was when he threw a uh, theory out, and uh, she got up from commentary. She was about to go and uh, confront Black. Oh yeah, well that 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 would have been an interesting marital argument. Yeah, so like, you think you you think you're bad? <laughs> so so let's but let's let's anal let's analyze this a little bit further. So so the the interplay between the two of them was interesting, and it was it was just funny. Uh, uh, hearing Selena try to be serious and try to you know cheer against Black. Yep. Now, now we've we've seen on-screen couples before, but what what's really interesting about this particular scenario is that um, you know these two Black and uh, Vega have a um, have a YouTube channel, so it's. Mm -hmm. And they're on it all the time, and they post all these, you know, cute videos of, of like him and her waiting to get tattooed, or or playing a video game, or something. Uh, actually, um, actually, Razor from or Razor from AOP got uh, tattooed in Alistair Black's house. Oh. They both got tattooed at the same time. That was one of the one of the videos. But anyway. So, so just despite the fact that this is going on on screen, I have a difficult time taking it seriously because you know they're so out there with the fact that they're a couple. So I'm I'm wondering if that's if that's going to eventually get revealed on screen because you know we've seen what they did with uh, with. Um, you know Seth Rollins and Becky Lynch, but mm -hmm. the, so the interplay was just interesting. I I got a kick I got a kick out of that. Okay. Um, mo moving on, uh, 
Ricochet and Cedric Alexander, two of the most criminally underused individuals ever already in WWE. It's, it's just sickening to see where they are. They had a three-minute match. I'm sorry, what, what are you looking at? There, oh, was a, oh, there, there was a match before that. Oh, oh yeah, oh, yeah, yes. Uh, well, not much of one, but yes. Uh, That's true. It was more like a murder, a murdering. <laughs> yes. Shayna Baszler destroyed Indy Hartwell in one minute, and they did the, they did the arm uh, break thing, the same that they did with uh, Sarah Logan. Uh, it's really weird, considering how Sarah, Sarah Logan was released uh, over Black Wednesday. She got more mentions on this episode of Raw than I've ever heard her get in her entire run. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was interesting. Um, but, of, of course, you're going to have Shayna Baszler win. If, if Shayna Baszler doesn't win, then we got a massive problem. So, uh, as I was saying before, I was so rudely interrupted by my over-anxious Canadian co-host. Uh, Ricochet and Cedric Alexander had a three-minute match with Shane Thorne and Brendan Vink. I don't care. Three minutes, and I don't give a shit. Okay, because it's 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 so embarrassing the talent the likes of which Ricochet and Cedric Alexander are in this position. Oh wait, I already said that. And if I say it again, I'm gonna have to say it over and over again until I get blue in the face because it just pisses me off. Speaking of pissing me off, okay, this is what I have a problem with. I cannot deal with Nia fucking Jax anymore. Uh oh. I cannot do it. Okay? I've said this in the past, right? So she takes a lot of. She exclusive. Right. So breaking news Ben Pierce fucking hates Nia Jax as a professional wrestler. She's terrible. <laughs> she sucks. <laughs> Not only are you feuding with Braun Strowman, now you're starting to feud with Nia Jax. Damn. Well, well, but, but see, no, because I had with Braun Strowman, I, it, I I take what he's what he said uh, more personally because no, I get that. I'm just saying you're never feuding with two people at the same time. Well, I, I well I don't care. I I might get crushed, but I, I but. I'm not one. If you ask me a question, I'm gonna answer your question and tell you how I really feel about it. I, you know, I don't sugarcoat shit. Um, but anyway, uh, Nia Jax continues her reign of destruction on Monday Night Raw. Uh, she's absolutely horrible, and let me explain why. Because in this match. She injured another opponent. This time it was Kyrie Zane. I saw that. That was nasty. Well, so for the, for listeners who did not see this segment, I thought Kyrie Zane broke her fucking neck. I I you know excuse my language, but that's that, that was my exact reaction. The second her head hit the bottom turnbuckle, 
Now, apparently, uh, they're saying that you, she she was telling uh, Night Tracks that she wasn't set. Well, you can hear her saying something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, no, you, I, I heard it. it. I heard yeah. it. Now, now here, here's the thing for me, right? So, it looked like it was supposed to be a buckle bomb, but clear, clearly it wasn't. That didn't look like any buckle bomb I've heard. I've seen Seth Rollins do. Wow. Um, but uh, you know, but the thing is, so she just basically hurled this this poor girl. Now, Kyrie Zane is an, an insanely talented wrestler, but let's mm-hmm. the 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 size disparity is like a is like a child next to a mother bear. It's just it doesn't it doesn't compute. Okay. This is like Big Show and Rey Mysterio, the women's version. All right. Now, when her head hit the turnbuckle, I, I, like I said, I thought she broke her fucking neck. And it, not this is not a one-time occurrence. Nia Jax has a history of injuring people, and you know. If you if you really if you really break it down, right? So Nia Jax has been on the on WWE uh, roster, main roster for three years, and for about a year and a half of that time, she's been injured, right? So she's got a year and a half of in ring experience, and in that time, there's an endless list of people that she's injured. You know Charlotte Flair. She she uh, she's she's injured Becky Lynch. You know we we saw that we discussed yep. that. Uh, you know it 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 it's, it's astonishing to me. Now, uh, obviously, you know wrestling is not ballet. We've heard that cliche a thousand times. However, when one person has a has a track record of injuring people. And they're they're not getting better in the ring. It's a problem. So do, you, do, you, do you think uh, fans are like the way fans react is? Uh, you think that's fair the way like fans react online? Well, when 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 they're talking about her wrestling ability, yes. When they call her fat and whatever whatever the hell, you know that's. That part is below the belt. I'm just no, but saying. No, but like, uh, they, they say, like, oh, she's just there because of who her cousin is. Well, at, at this point, it might very well be true because I I just, I do not see talent there. Uh, I, look, I it's nothing personal against Nia Jax. I've, I've defended her on multiple occasions when people go after her online for, you know, her looks and whatever. I've done it here on this podcast. I think that's fucked up. I, I'm just I'm just talking about as a wrestling as a wrestler as a professional at what you do for a living. I don't understand how she could possibly be employed when she's this bad. And it you know as much as I hate to say stuff like this. It might be be because of her last name. I just don't understand it. And you have this women's division currently, because the way it's been booked, is just awful. 
uh, on both fronts. I mean, this is this is like pre-women's revolution or women's evolution bad. Uh, that's how terrible this has become. Uh, you know, and if if I'm Kyrie Zane, I'm fucking pissed. I'm yep. I'm on the warpath. You know, and not only has she hurt women, she hurt um, she hurt uh, our truth when when they did their Royal Rumble spot when she took his spot and was a woman in the men's Royal Rumble and you know took that RKO from uh, Randy Orton, right? So when she when she blasted our uh, truth from behind to come to the ring, he was pissed off about it because. You know, he, she heard him, you know, oh, and okay. it just becomes, and I, I, I looked this up. This is how, this is how I know. Um, and I just, I just don't get it. You know, do I, do I wish anything poorly on, on Jax? No, but it's just, you know, with, with 40 people losing their jobs and she's not one of them, it, it, I, there's something missing there. Um, so I just, I didn't like that. Okay. Um, and then, um, and then we have, we have cult leader Seth Rollins uh, sitting on what, I guess what's supposed to be a throne. It, it looks so stupid. If you go back and take a look at this, it looks fucking stupid. I saw this. Yeah. I saw it on Instagram. I, and so, so, but the, the promo was, was good. And, um, he, ex- he accepts the challenge, you know, as much as I hate, as much as I hated, uh, Seth Rollins and his WWE title run and how, how much I think he conducts himself like an asshole on social media. Um, you know, I, I have, I have to admit in his role, he's doing a good job here. So good promo, and then here comes more bullshit. And and Elio, you're gonna have to help me with this one. Oh, okay. And no, I'm serious because yeah, okay. What 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 I saw was were the Viking Raiders in a car. With chicken legs, singing fucking karaoke, <laughs> while wearing Viking helmets. <laughs> what? <laughs> what the fuck is going on? You know what? I don't know why they let Sarah Logan go, because you know what? They could have paired her with the Viking Raiders. But that, that's what I said. But the, the, but the thing is, you, you take you take that away, and no disrespect is no. no disrespect why why are they singing? Why are they singing karaoke? Viking, just, Vikings don't sing karaoke. <laughs> but you see, so logical people like you and I, you know, Vikings and karaoke don't fucking mix. But somehow, some way, someone cleared this to be on the air, and I don't understand why. Why? What? Okay. Uh, uh. Okay. 
Now I'm going to take you. I'm going to take you way back because we we talked about this on the podcast before, right? So Hanson and Rowe have. Uh, ex- did I cut you up? Okay, you're still there. I thought I might have closed you up by accident, but um, anyway. Um, so Hanson and Rowe have the distinction of being. Uh, ROH Tag Team Champions, NJPW Tag Team Champions, and WWE Tag Team Champions. They were they were beasts in ROH and everywhere that they've been. And they were beasts in NXT. They were awesome. I loved them in NXT. And then they fell victim to the main ro- to the main roster curse. You know they. They started out by squashing people. They eventually won the titles, but since they lost them, they've just been absolute. It's been a shit show. Excuse me. Uh, yeah. That's what I think about this segment. I I clipped down this whole container of Tic Tacs. Yes, it was it was it was just painful. Why did I have to see Viking singing karaoke, and how does that advance any storyline on Monday Night Raw, and how does that make any sense in any brain whatsoever? Unless your goddamn name is Vince McMahon, I don't I don't get it. Now, okay, that's about it. See, 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 see. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, he he. He's now holding up a Tic Tac, and he has he has more of a smile on his face eating Tic Tacs than than listening to me talk about this segment because he doesn't want to relive it. So, with that being said, we will move on. Uh, un- unfortunately, I can't move on to something that's uh, that's too much better because after this was over, we had our second Money in the Bank men's qualifying match. Of the evening. Yeah, why is this why is this guy in it? I thought he retired, I thought he retired from in ring. I did too. And Apollo Cruz versus MVP. What in the hell are you are you talking about? Why is this on my screen in 2020? Yeah. Uh, it's just it's absolutely absurd. Um, Ladies and gentlemen, my co-host is uh, apparently involved in a backstage segment of his own. Yes, we, uh, you've, uh, you, you bore witness to my, uh, to some... Uh, well, this is why I'm, I'm trying to cover for you, because apparently you're involved in a backstage altercation here. Yes, but it's, it's over now. We had, we, I had a brief visit from... Uh, catering. Oh, okay. Uh, what, what did they bring you? Uh, apples and peanut butter, which is actually one of my favorite snacks. Oh, damn. Stick to the heart. <laughs> and, <laughs> ladies, and, ladies, and ladies and gentlemen, my my uh, 11-year-old pug, Charlie, who I absolutely adore, um, now wants a uh, now wants an apple and wants peanut butter. So uh, I was, I'm dealing with quite a bit, but uh, but we will press on because the it's, the distraction is done. 
which actually the distraction was more entertaining than Apollo Crews and MVP. Eight minutes and ten seconds. I can't believe they gave this match that long. But see, but like, okay, but look, I'm I'm not gonna yell. I'm not gonna scream. I'm I'm just gonna ask you a question because I'm I'm like lost for words here. Now, first of all, what is MVP doing on television in 2020? Uh, <laughs> and why why is Apollo Cruz all all of a sudden out of nowhere getting a push? <laughs> when he hasn't for four years. I mean, it's like, I like Apollo Cruz. I do. I think he's insanely athletic and I think he has potential. But it's just, you know, after years of getting buried, it's like, why am I supposed to care about you now? You know what I mean? So there, there's that. And then uh, I'm, I'm going minim- to minimize you again just so I can uh, see what's on my screen. Excuse me. I have to I have to carry you over here. There we go. All right. So then after that, we have Ruby Riot versus Liv Morgan. I just don't get it. I, I really don't. Uh, Ruby talks some shit and gets caught, and three and Liv Morgan beats her in three minutes. I just okay. Oh Jesus. Um. Rey Mysterio versus uh, versus Murphy, um, easily the best match on the show. I'm not just saying that because because of Rey Mysterio, um, but I, that's just what that's just what I feel like. That's the only thing that I enjoyed, and this was this was 15 minutes of very solid wrestling, and this is this is what I enjoy. I just it was easily the best thing on the show. Uh, and then uh, after this, we get to your uh, to your point from earlier in the show. Charlie uh, Charlie Caruso seems absolutely uh, taken with Angel Garza. Apparently, uh, apparently WWE wants to f- us to forget that just a few months ago, during a commercial break of NXT, they showed him proposing to his girlfriend. And he now has a fiance. Now, of course, I understand that this is a storyline, and things happen. I, I get that. I'm not that stupid. I understand. But um, you know, it's 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 just, it's funny to see him flirting with other women when when I also saw him down on one knee proposing to his girlfriend in a in a very heartfelt and and real moment. And then and. In storyline, I'm supposed to take him seriously as a Lothario because he seduces women and rips his pants off during matches. I just, I have a, I have a. All right, so after, uh, after um, Garza and Caruso got done with their flirting, it was now time to get back to some in ring action. And, I actually um, hope they do go somewhere with the story. It's kind of it's kind of funny because they're they're obviously flirting, which yep. um, which as I was as I was mentioning to you um before we um before we took a brief intermission um it's it I, I find it amusing considering that we witnessed Garza proposing to his girlfriend. Yep. Um. But anyway, so after that segment. It was now time for the NXT Women's Champion Charlotte Flair to have her match. 
I'm still having trouble understanding why Charlotte Flair is the NXT Women's Champion. Um, yeah, it's baffling. Uh, apparently, she wants to defend it on all three across all three brands. Why? Um, that doesn't that doesn't help the title. It hurts it. But that that that's uh, what she was saying. That that was her words. She was looking forward to defending it across all three brands. Yeah, I, I mean, I get, I get it because I mean, she gets exposure. But I mean, I don't know how I don't know how much more overexposed Charlotte Flair could possibly get. But uh, it certainly doesn't help the NXT title. So she squashes Caden uh, Carter in two minutes and forty boo, seconds. Boo! Um. Which are are you are you booing Charlotte Flair as you should be, or are you booing Kaden Carter? No, I'm booing Charlotte Flair because she defeated Kaden Carter. Boo! My my man. Okay, we're on, we're on the same page, and as a result, you can still be my co-host. Um, because if 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 it had gone the opposite way, I would have been really pissed off. Um, but then anyway, um, so after after that. Um, we, uh, let me scroll down and see where we're at. Then we have the Street Profits arrive and do stupid shit. The dance and all of this crap. I don't care. You know, I, I used to think that the Street Profits were, like, really cool. I was really into them when they did, uh, NXT, and I'm, I'm just confused now. What do you think? No, no, they're turning uh, Street Profits into a couple of clowns now. Mm-hmm. And I'm not even saying that like in a funny way. I'm being serious. Like they're just like making them a couple of clowns now. Like I just, I'm just like done with them now. Absolutely. And um, and so after this, after that segment, mercifully ended, and I do mean mercifully. Because um, I was gonna have to burn my eyeballs with bleach. Um, <laughs> okay. Um, Explain to the listeners why you you were willing to go uh, without sight. Because it would save me from having to witness these street prophets dancing. Oh, geez. did they do the Elaine dance from Seinfeld? Well, maybe it's something that looked like it, I can oh assure you God. of that. It looked like a dry heave? <laughs> yes, <laughs> it did. That's actually, that's what they were making me do as a result oh. of watching the shit. <laughs> um, but I digress. Well, once again, you, you threw me a softball, so I had to knock it out of the park. Um, next up, we had Bianca Belair versus Santana Garrett. Um, I'm not really sure why, um, because it was only a four minute and five second match. I'm not. Now we know we know how you feel about Bianca Belair. What about Santana Garrett? I really haven't seen enough of her to render an opinion. I okay. saw a, I saw a little bit of her in TNA, okay. but she really wasn't like a wrestler. A wrestler. Well, maybe um, uh, go uh, YouTube some of her stuff from uh, Shine or Shimmer. I I should do that too because I've never really seen her outside of uh, WWE or NXT. Mm-hmm. Um. 
Sorry, I was I was snagging while you were talking. Um, and then the main event we had uh, Drew McIntyre versus Angel Garza. But um, before I get into the main event, let me just uh, backtrack a little bit, and I have to I have to mention something very specific about the openings about the opening statement when they had uh, when they had Drew McIntyre in the ring. So. Andrade comes comes in and attacks him from behind, but eventually, eventually Drew gets gets up on um, Andrade, right? Okay. And so and so while this is all going on, you have um, you have Selena Vega, you have Austin Theory, and you have Angel Angel Garza standing on the outside. And uh, Selena Vega is like, what are you, what are you guys doing? Go, you know, go help, um, go help Andrade. He's getting, you know, beat down. And these two goons are just looking at each other, like, you know, which, which hand is supposed to jerk off the other one? Because it's just, you know, they're just standing there looking like complete idiots. Um, excuse me. Uh, it's a three-on-one attack. Uh, you don't think you can take one guy when there's three guys already in there? It's just so stupid. And it's like those gaps in logic, like especially when you're trying to build up a new stable, because it's like how many times have we seen them in the last two weeks? Um, but, I mean, just to make... I mean, it makes them look strong by extension because they're in there with Drew McIntyre. But then you make them look like a bunch of weak little bitches because they don't want to. They don't want to go in there and beat them up three on one. Like what the hell? Um. So that kind of got my eyebrows raised a little, a little bit. Um. And um. So then, uh, let's uh, divert our attention back to the main event. I just had to. I just had to mention that ahead of time. Um, so this was actually a really good match for uh, Drew McIntyre. Um, I thought. I thought Angel Garza got in a little bit more uh, offense than I would than I would have thought. Well, n- I, well, I'm being facetious because. He didn't even lose his pants until the uh, until the match was like halfway over. This was this was five minutes, and Drew McIntyre just absolutely feasted on Angel Garza, and that was the that was the end of of Monday Night Raw. So we'll we'll uh, toss it over to you. All right, let's get into AEW Dynamite. Cause I'm TNT. I'm Dynamite. So AEW Dynamite this week was uh, was uh, shown from the Nightmare Factory in Norcross, Georgia, which is QT Marshall's uh, gym. 
And the first match, it was part of the TNT Championship Tournament. We had Darby Allen defeating Sammy Guevara. See, and, and this, this one actually surprised me a little bit. I would have thought that it would have gone the other way. Um, because I think, I think Sammy Guevara is the um, young breakout star of AEW. And on top of that, um, you know, Darby Allen was getting his ass kicked the entire match. And then, and then he just, he ended up winning with a roll-up, I think. I don't know what you think. Do I kind of have the Darby Allen hair going here? <laughs> oh, no, eh? <laughs> you, you, just, you just need some peroxide and face paint. There you go. be good to go. But uh, we, again, we had Jericho and Shivani on uh, commentary. I love Jericho and Shivani on commentary. Absolutely. All right, in the second match, it was Kenny Omega defeating Alan Angels. Um, okay. And uh, this was, what did you think about this match? I thought, I thought that this was, this was horribly done, and I'll tell you why. There is, there is no way on God's green earth that, that Alan Angel should be getting that much offense in on Kenny Omega. Okay? Now, let me, let me be clear. I, I am not, just right off the bat, I'm not really the biggest Kenny Omega guy. Okay. Uh, I, I understand he's very talented. Um, but I don't, I don't, do I think he's the best wrestler in the world? No, I don't. Okay. Um, that's, that's just me. However, um, if you are going, if you're going to build him up as one of the faces of your company, as you, as you have been doing, especially before the pandemic hit, um, what is a nobody like, like Alan Angels doing getting any offense in on Kenny Omega, let alone six minutes worth. I don't I Yeah. Say so you've never seen this guy before. Uh Alan Angels, no. Neither have I and apparently he he only he had uh, one match in ROH at a future runner tapings in twenty eighteen. Mm-hmm. So I, I just had to go look that up. Not that's that doesn't count as like independent spotlight because because we, because we hadn't well. heard of him before. Yeah, no, I was just that doesn't count as independent spotlight. But I hadn't heard of this guy, and I wanted to see who this guy was because I've seen him two. This is twice now we've seen him on AEW. Um, what was the first time? I uh, was uh, I believe it was that last week or the week before. Okay, maybe, maybe, awesome. I just, maybe yeah. I just missed it. I don't know. But um, then we had Orange Cassidy defeating Jimmy Havoc. I didn't like this match. No, uh, again, you know what? We we already know Orange Cassidy can wrestle, but I don't like him transitioning back to this stupid character he does, where he was pretending to sleep on the top rope before delivering that DDT. Well, and I don't. I don't think his whole character works without the crowd interaction. I think it's very awkward without the crowd. And then uh, we had Wardlow defeating Lee Johnson, jobber number two. 
be. And this guy is definitely jobber number two because he I've never seen this guy at all. Mm. Followed by Brody Lee or Mr. Brody Lee defeating Justin Law. Now Ben again Brody Lee you know, with the with the vignettes and the interviewing a new member. Yeah, well, um, and we didn't see we didn't see who it was. Um, no, but apparently I, he's going to become he's going to be the new member, and he they're going to he's going to be number ten. Uh, yeah, and um, actually, I like the fact that they're going with numbers, kind of like a to me that's like a homage to a Slipknot, and that's that's all good with me because I'm I'm kind of a music buff too, so. Okay. Uh, when you, when you, when I catch little things like that, it's kind of cool. Um, I don't know if that's what the, the, I don't know if that's what they were going for, but that's just what I thought of. But um, again, just stop with the Vince McMahon references. Right, and and so uh, getting back to that, I liked the the, the promo. I I thought the promo was was well done. Um, but I think I think it's I think it's time now to. Um, get away from the Vince McMahon yeah, like you don't need to be doing this like okay I get it like uh, they weren't using you in um, WWE but still like you let they got they got rid of him they released him you see with the EW just do your own thing over there leave WWE alone mm-hmm. yeah. and, in, and in the main event the second match of the of uh, this TNT Championship tournament, it was Dustin Rhodes defeating Kip Sabian. See, and uh, maybe I missed something there because this was very confusing to me. I know that I know that they said that if because um, they had run a promo earlier on in the evening where um, Dustin left a, a voicemail for Cody, um, where he said if. Uh, if I don't beat Kip, Kip Sabian, I'm done. But why are why are they teasing Dustin Rhodes' retirement so much? Um, I, uh, yeah, I'm not sure. I didn't get that, especially with with Kip Sabian. Um, you know, I just um, so because of the because of the fact that I was so confused, I uh, I couldn't really get emotionally invested in the match, and. Um, to be honest with you, that's something that I've been struggling with for a number of weeks now uh, in the course of uh, this pandemic. Uh, whether or not you agree with the with the business decisions and, and the approach that WWE and AEW are taking uh, with still running shows, um, I personally just, I can't get invested in wrestling with no crowd. It's just... It's it, it's very um it's very depressing and it's, it's no very and that's why that's why I'm not enjoying NXT Raw or SmackDown. Well, I mean well, I'm enjo- I'm enjoying AEW because at least they have like guys in the in the crowd to like to give it that right, a bit of energy. Right. Absolutely and, and honestly, aside from that, I do I do think the matches have been more compelling on AEW side. Um, 
But um, so I do, I do give AEW the nod for a, be- a better product right now. Um, but let's be very let's be very clear. Um, I think when you're talking about Raw and SmackDown uh, in their current state, they're gonna it's gonna suck with or without a crowd. I mean, it's just a, a, a fact <laughs> yeah. of a fact of life right now. My God, when when all this is over, I just don't know what WWE is going to look like with all the the names they released. Well, I um I don't think that that's as big of a deal as people are making it out to be. Not 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 because of the fact that they released like forty people, and you could make the argument that it was a good business decision or it was the product of poor business decisions that they made in the past. Um, coupled with the pandemic. I think there's arguments on both sides. Um, but I, if you actually look at the talent that they released, there are only two people that really surprised me on that list. And that was Kurt Angle and uh, Mike Chioda. And Mike Well, but that really didn't surprise me. Um, because of because of the way the of the way that they've been treated, especially after the way the way that they were treated at WrestleMania. Um, also, oh, uh, what what one one person I don't even know why they brought this guy in is EC3. I mean, they had Derek Bateman. They didn't like him. They got rid of him. He went to TNA. He repackaged himself as EC3. They decided to bring him back, and now they release him again. Well, they did the same thing with Kurt Hawkins. I mean, it's um, it's just I I think it's going to be a blessing in disguise for all for all um release parties involved. Now, that's terrible. Um, for, that's terrible for Hawkins because his wife's about to have a baby too. Uh yeah, and you know I like and like I said uh in the previous weeks when we've talked about um when we've talked about um, the effects of the pandemic, my, my apologies, I'm, I'm kind of hungry, so I'm eating while I'm doing this, which I really shouldn't be doing. Um, but, um, you know, there are two different kind of schools of thought when it comes to, when it comes to the, the business practices and the, and the releases, right? So there's the strictly business aspect, which, which in the cutthroat world of, of, cor- of corporate America, it makes perfect sense to lessen the load uh, when you're dealing with a pandemic. Uh, you know, that's just the uncomfortable truth of the matter. Um, and then of course you have the human side of it where, you know, WWE is obviously gonna look like an asshole because they're still operating to the scale that they are um in the course of a pandemic and it's very clear that they're not adhering to uh social distancing um to be honest with you i don't know if uh aew is adhering to social distancing either to be fair i don't really like the fact that wrestling is is still around uh in the middle of a pandemic because it's not putting a smile on my face. It's, it's reminding it's reminding me of, you know, what we're missing more than anything. And um, 
And the other, the other thing too is like, I don't think it's very safe for the wrestlers to be doing, you know, because you get, you got, you, you're sweating on each other. There, there's no social distancing when you're in the ring together. I mean, it's impossible. I mean, what's you gonna do? Have a, have a, you know, cowbell match or something? You know, it's just um. And we had, we already talked about that time showing Janela match that he had that social distance match. And it's just, yes, ladies and gentlemen, there was a social that distance was so, match. Uh, Believe it or not, but it's just, you know, I love wrestling. Don't get me wrong. I think, I think, I th- I've said this before. I think my tone kind of makes me sound like a, like a bitter, cynical wrestling fan. And I'm really not. What I, what I try to do with this podcast is present the good and the bad sides of it in a very honest, forthcoming way. And I, as I said earlier, I'm not going to sugarcoat anything when I think that something that they're doing is not beneficial uh, to the wrestlers or to the world because there's a pandemic going on. Uh, you know, uh, you and I can talk off the air regarding my feelings of, of the pandemic itself, but um, which, which just so everybody knows, like, I understand that there's a pandemic and it's very serious. Um, so I don't know why, why wrestling is going forward in its current form. Um, I don't like it, period. But that's just my, my second rant for the day. And uh, and with that, unless uh, Mr. Canella has something, no, that's to uh, that's about it. No, that's about it for our AEW report. We're going to take a short break. We'll be back with my co-host. No, we'll be back with my NXT review because uh, Ben, you said you weren't able to uh, catch it this week. No, I wasn't. So you'll be pouring double duty, and then I will. Uh, I will be adding my colorful commentary to the rest of the segment. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are back and we're going to get into NXT now. this week mm, I'm not sure what to think actually the main event was rather weird what was, what was the main event main event was supposed to have been Velveteen Dream and Keith Lee versus Adam Cole and Roderick Strong however that's not the case as I will um, as you will see when we get there so the first match had Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez. I'm not sure why this website put Raquel Diaz because Charlotte Guerrero was not even with the company. Uh, yeah, that's so. That's 
Stupidity in its highest form. Yeah. So um, we had the Kudakai and Raquel Gonzalez defeating Shasi Blackheart and Tegan Knox. In the second match, the the interim cruiserweight uh, tournament, uh, it was uh, Jake Atlas defeating Drake Maverick. Uh, this uh, this of course was recorded because we already know Drake Maverick is no longer with the company. Well, but but in his release announcement, he said that he, he was being allowed to compete here. But I just yeah. Although I, I, just, I wonder if this is all at work. This one. Yeah, but why would Drake Maverick of all people be at work? I think I think what happened here is that they saw his emotion, and then now they're considering bringing him back. I I don't know, but. Because if if this if this is a storyline and he's not getting his job back, how fucked up is that going to look for WWE? So yeah. it's it's hard to say because uh, some people are even saying like, oh, it might could be at work that uh, he he yeah. that uh, he they find him, but they're going to bring him back. I don't, I don't know. You're to see. I I don't know, but either either way, it's it's not a good look if they actually fire him after that after this. Then we had Kushida defeating Tony Nese. Oh, I, uh, I heard I heard that this match was very very good. Mm-hmm. This was a good match. And then uh, we have Mia Yim defeating Jesse uh, Camille. And uh, following this match is when Charlotte Flair came out to confront Mia Yim. So uh, that sets up in next week's match, Mia Yim versus Charlotte Flair on NXT. Oh, God. Well, we know what's going to happen there, and it just pisses me off. It, it really, what, like, what the hell? I, I said it before, and I, I guess I'll, I'll reclaim because I, I want to get your take on this. What the hell is Charlotte Flair doing back on NXT? Well, logically, I know why, but let, let, let's be, let's be real. It, I, don't, it, I don't know. Ugh. It's the AEW. It's the it, it's AEW being competition on Wednesday nights. That's what it is. But it's still stupid. I mean, I mean, let's think of that. They built up Rhea Ripley like the next big thing in the women's division, and she she actually is exceedingly good. But you you have that celebration for her when she wins the title, and yet you take it, you make her lose in a month on her first title defense to yeah. give it back, yep. to give the title to a woman that's already held titles ten times. Like this is really going to add something to her fucking resume. Now that being said, don't get it twisted because I am a fan of Charlotte Flair. But you know, it's just it doesn't have to it, it doesn't have to happen this way. And on uh, this next match, uh, now I didn't see this. This is the only one I missed. Um, this was El Hijo del Fantasma defeating Gentleman Jack Gallagher. Well, apparently, and I remember El Hijo del Fantasma because he had a brief run in Impact Wrestling. Okay. So that, that, I, must, I that, that must have been when Impact was so good. Uh, no, 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 no. I don't think Impact Wrestling was ever good. But um, uh, what? 
How, when uh, did you when did you start watching Impact? Well, no, no, because I'm 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 talking about because El Hijo de Fantasma was in it much later on. Like oh, in, like in the in the in the later years. Yeah, in like 2017, oh. in like oh, 2017, yeah. 2018. I was I was I was like, what Impact was never good. What? When did you start watching Impact? <laughs> no, I, I I actually no, I started I, I tripped on on Impact in 2006 while I was yeah, on big. Those were the those were the good years. Why can Impact be that again? Oh, because Impact is in the shit now. Fucking Impact! They just had a pay-per-view uh, rebellion. The main event was Sammy Callahan versus Ken Shamrock. What? I exactly. Um. No, no, no. I I must not have heard that properly. Oh, you um, heard it right. Sammy Callahan versus Ken Shamrock. What? How old is Shamrock now? He's in his fifties. I I mean I. Poor guy probably can't even move, and I'm not making fun of him, but what's he doing? Hold on, hold on. Just give me one minute here. Let's, let's ask my assistant here how old Mr. Shamrock is. Shall we? Yes. All right, so let's see. Okay, um... Here we go. Google, how old is Ken Shamrock? You don't wanna you don't wanna tell me? Yes, apparently apparently Elio's technology, aka Google. Ah, is... Google hold on, here we go. Ken Shamrock is fifty-six years old. What? What the fuck is he doing? In, in? <laughs> and wait, have you seen him lately? Like a, a recent picture? No. He looks terrible. Google a picture of him. He looks terrible. I feel all of a sudden you went off air. Oh, get, oh great. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, it'll give you nightmares. <laughs> oh. Okay, in the main event, it was to have been Velveteen Dream and like Keith Lee versus or defeating Adam Cole and Roderick Strong. However, it was weird because Keith Lee was taken out earlier in the show. And uh, Velveteen Dream was, it looked like it was going to be Velveteen Dream versus Roderick Strong and Adam Cole. His corner was empty. At one point during the match, we look over at his corner. Dexter Loomis is standing in his corner as his tag team partner. Uh, well, uh... I wonder why they changed it. I know, uh, you know, I don't, I don't have enough details to render an opinion, but I've, um, I've heard that the Velveteen Dream got himself in trouble recently, so I'm not sure if that had something to do with oh, it. Oh, or... hold on, and you say he, because I, I, I read that the other, yesterday, and uh, apparently he's saying that he was hacked. So I don't know. Well, for for his for his sake, I I hope he's right, but I'm I'm wondering if. Uh, Maybe I've 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 uh, spoken to about Team Dream before. Uh, well, I'm not surprised because uh, you're just full of little entertaining nuggets. Um, and um, <laughs> well, that was that was uh, because of the podcast I was associated with. Yeah, and um, 
And, you know, here's the thing, right? So, um, obviously, I'm not going to say anything about that until until uh, things come up. But if um, I, I I just don't know, I, I just don't know. So I'm hoping that he didn't he didn't do it because if he, if he did, he's done. Yep. Uh, yeah. But moving on. So that is our review of NXT. We're going to move on to a painful episode of Friday Night Smackdown. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Sweet apple pie Standing in the street in the night Looking for some meat to take your hand so pain, oh, so so painful that I was laying down on the bed watching this. And now, Ben, let me ask you a question. Yeah. Have you ever been asleep, but you're not asleep? Your eyes are closed, but you're still awake. Yeah. That was me during this episode of SmackDown. Well, I, I don't blame you because oh. SmackDown fucking oh. sucks. This was bad. Okay, so. In the first match, we had King Corbin defeating Drew Gulak. Oh, God. Poor Drew Gulak. What the fuck? And they gave this match nine minutes. They gave Corbin... Uh, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to excuse the time frame because Drew Gulak was in the match, but holy fuck. Baron Corbin, kill me now. Now, they have Sheamus defeating... Jobber number three, Daniel Vidot, who I only know that name because he's on the NXT minor roster. And he, he and Sheamus defeats him in 45 seconds. Well, whoop de do. You know, I mean, good, good for him. He got on TV, but it's just, I, you know, I'm, I'm not interested in Sheamus anymore. Now, and, uh, now, uh, I, I don't should, care. This next match, I should start by uh, going back to the beginning because there was a segment at the top of the show. The, um, the New Day came out, the new tag team champions. They talked about being eight-time champions and they were celebrating. And this, <sighs> this brought out Miz and Morrison who wanted their championships uh, back. Did they, did they do their hip-hop song? I think I heard Miz uh, say hey and no Morrison say hey and ho one time during uh, their their part. Okay, their part. well, th- thank Christ, it, it's getting it's improving. That sickening part of the now, evening is improving. So they wanted their belts back right here, right now. This brings out the Forgotten Sons. No, sorry, hold on. Before that, this brings out the Lucha House Party who want a title opportunity against uh, New Day. Oh, for what? No, 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 no. Okay, all right. No, actually, let me go back because I think I reversed the order. It was Lucha House Party came out. Then Ms. Morrison came out. Then, then, okay, last... Team that came out is the Forgotten Sons. 
Once again, gaps in logic, but what the hell has Lucha House Party done in the last oh, two years? Yep. Uh, to, have, to have warranted the championship shot. The, the, the state of tag team wrestling in WWE is such a deplorable disaster. I, I can't even take it seriously. You know, and, and it's sad if you, if you if you consider the New Day and the Usos because I enjoy their work. It's just you know, I two teams do not make a tag team division, and the, and the rest of the rest of them suck. So so Miz Miz uh, takes Mike Kenny says, "How dare the Forgotten Sons interrupt them?" and asks who they are. And uh, I believe um, it was uh, Steve, yeah, Stephen Cutler, I believe his name is. Steve Cutler, yeah. Took the mic and said, told the Miz, you may have been a Marine in the movie, but you're looking at three real life Marines right in front of me, here in front of you. And they all, and they attacked uh, New Day, Miss Morrison, and um, no, Miss Morrison escaped. They attacked New Day and uh, Lucha Horse Party and cleared uh, the ring. Well, good. At least they ended a segment on a somewhat better note. Now this takes us to the next, that next match because Lucha Horse Party defeats Miss Morrison. <laughs> what? For, well, I don't care about the Miss Morrison, but what the fuck? <laughs> <sighs> okay. And uh, okay, now the next one. I'm telling you, this was a sloppy match from beginning to end. Lacey Evans defeats Sasha Banks to advance some money in the bank. Uh, pause. Stop. Uh, uh, what world in what universe are we living in? <laughs> this sucks. This, now, is, this is just deplorable. This is terrible. This is, now, this is a national tragedy. Now, see, they're, they're planting the seed because um, uh, near the end, this is uh, where Lacey won, okay? Because Bailey jumps on the apron. Uh, no, sorry. Bailey didn't jump on the apron, but she did get involved somewhat. And Sasha was yelling at her to stay out of it. Allow, allowing uh, Lacey to pick up the win. Well, so, so I, hope, go on. I hope this has a purpose, man. But I, you know. Well, wait. This I, is, this I, is, I, I'm going somewhere here because at the end, after the match, Sasha and Bailey were walking up the ramp, but Tamina's music hits. Tamina comes out and lays Bailey out. And ladies and gentlemen, my co-host is so bored that he just literally <laughs> yawned on the air. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm not. I'm not yawning at you. It's just when you when I hear the. No, I, I said my my co-host is so bored with this uh, match that I'm talking about right now that he literally yawned on the air. That's how just, bored this match is. It's just when I hear Lacey Evans defeating Sasha Banks, uh, I just turn off. So I, I didn't even watch SmackDown. So I, I, I think they're this. I think they started planting seeds for Sasha and Bailey here. Well, they've been planting them for uh, many weeks, so hopefully it happens soon. 
It's I think I think get money in the bank. Well, I hope so because it, this this just needs to end now. Now, I I would once believe that the reason they're they're having um, Lacey Evans win is to uh, further the dissension between uh, you know Becky and or Bailey and Sasha. Excuse me. Um, but the, the the thing the thing with this one time is. As much as I respect Lacey Evans and, you know, they could have done so many cool things with her character given the fact that she was a real Marine, she's a real ass kicker, she's a, I mean, this girl, this woman is absolutely legit, right? But they're treating her like a joke, you know, she's being booked like a joke, she, she can't, and I, I don't mean to be unkind, but the woman cannot wrestle uh, at all. No, this, uh, match was, this match was so bad. It was just sloppy, just terrible. Well, yeah, I, I felt bad for, for Sasha, quite frankly. But, but the, the, thing, the thing is, and the other thing that was stupid, I couldn't tell if it was a fan or whatever, but um, Sasha Banks came out holding something in front of her face that had a depiction of, like, a picture of Lacey Evans' daughter on it. Like, what? What the fuck? Like, uh, am I am I missing something here? You know, so it's just, like I said, you know, Lacey Evans is a legit badass, and unfortunately, she can't wrestle, and, you know, Vince just, once again, this is, this is, this is an example of Vince's agenda, and and unfortunately, we actually saw Vince later on in the episode. And we will get to that before that until we have our main event. It was Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross defeating Dana Brooke and Carmella to hold on to the championships. Well, thank thank the Lord that, that hopefully I'm hope I'm hopeful that ended quickly. And throughout the night, they were showing highlights of Triple H's past, uh, moments from the past 25 years. And that brings us to Triple H making his way out for the main segment of the show. And out comes Shawn Michaels to celebrate with him. And of course, Triple H's uh, phone goes off uh, several times with uh, FaceTime texts from... Ric Flair and Stephanie McMahon. And that brings out Vince at the end. And, and don't forget, we had road we had, oh, Yeah, we had road dog. I yes. saw, yeah, road I dog saw, I saw Rick, this clip online, that's why I say. Yep, we had road dog as well in there. And uh, of course, Vince came out at the end. Of course, he roasted uh, Triple H. And um, you can barely, if it was it just me or could you barely understand anything he was saying? I couldn't understand what he was saying. It sounded like he was, he had a mouth for the marbles. And and then, uh, so Vince uh, ended it by telling him and uh, Triple H and Sean to wrap it up, and uh, he left. he, le- he left, uh, went backstage, and uh, the lights turned off 
delights in the arena, leaving Sharon and Triple H in the ring alone. As well, the SmackDown went off the air. Well, apparently, the reason why he might have done this was because the segment went over time, uh, reportedly. Um, At one point, Triple H's uh, cell phone went off, and they they cut the commercial. Yeah, well, it's just stupidity, but... Um, apparently it was only supposed to be like a 10 minute segment and it turned into like a 19, 20 minute segment. Well, that's what I'm talking about because when it started, it was 9.49 p.m. It was like 10 minutes left in the yeah. end before the show went off the air. Uh, but, well, uh, this, this was just a bad segment. This, yeah, it was horrible. Absolutely. So that, that's, uh, that's... Well, you want to hear something funny? So I'm, I'm, I'm looking at, uh, I was looking at the, uh, SmackDown review earlier, um, on the website that I use as when I'm running down these results. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, they ranked, out of 10, they gave this episode of SmackDown a 6. And I'm like, what? I would have given this episode a fucking 1.5. A six. Oh my god. What kind of WWE corporate job are they any length for? Anyway, that's ladies and gentlemen, that's our SmackDown review for this week. We're going to take a break and we'll be back with our review of Dark Side of the Ring. Episode number six of season two. Very good. Ladies and gentlemen, we are back and we are going to dive into a new segment we've decided to try out. Uh, Elio and I will be uh, starting starting uh, in just a minute. We will be going through some of the Dark Side of the Ring episodes, starting with the most recent one, which was the assassination of Dino Bravo, and then throughout the coming weeks, we will be working backwards. Um, yeah, th- this this one was a uh, surprise, surprising uh, when I heard about uh, Dino Bravo's death because they said it was mob related. And at that time, you you, you never heard of uh, such thing in professional wrestling or outside professional wrestling. Well, yeah, and uh, well, apparently, um, apparently he had mob ties anyway. Yeah. No, but like, but you never heard about stuff like that outside of pro wrestling, like uh, stuff like that, which you only really saw in movies at that time. Yeah, I mean, but see, and that—that's what was really, uh, what was really eye-opening because it—it it, it was almost like I was watching a recap of, of like the the, the Godfather or Goodfellas or something because it. Know, when they go into um, you know how violently he died and the the, the amount of times he was shot, mm-hmm. he was he was shot eleven times. Eleven times! Wow! Yeah. Uh, seven of which were in the head. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, you so you um and not to not to make light of it because it's not light, but yeah, I'm I'm guessing he pissed somebody off. Uh. To to an extreme extent, 
Yeah, I'm not sure exactly what happened, or did they even did they explain exactly what happened, or did they just say? Well, they, well, they couldn't really explain it because it's a, it's an unsolved case. Okay. Yeah. Even, even today. Because um, I mean, uh, at the end, they cut they cut off like well, it was the credits were still rolling and uh, they were talking. So I did. I missed uh, the ending. Part. Well, no, that was that was just the part you missed was was the um, interviewers asking his uh, wife and daughter, you know, how would you, how would you like your, you know, Dino to be remembered? No, um, I saw that part. I'm saying the part where they said this uh, case still remains unsolved. Then it just cut off after. Oh that. yeah, and they, but and then they put out the number for the the tip line. Or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but that was the only part you missed. So um, part of this was was very, it was it was much less about um, his career in wrestling and much more about the uh, the rumored mafia style hit. Yeah, his uh, his life outside of wrestling. Right. So they they of course you know they briefly went into. His wrestling career. So uh, where he came up was um, was uh, was Canada, and he he yeah, was in Montreal. Montreal, it's like four hours away from where I am. Yes, and he was the um, he was the booker for a company called International Wrestling. That and that's a promotion that we got for a short while here in Toronto. Uh, I saw a few episodes uh, because they never really ran it regularly here. There was a more Montreal based. Oh, well, that makes sense. And I, did, I didn't know how far how far away you were from Montreal, so that makes sense. Yeah, four hours. <laughs> but, uh, damn, uh, that's a trek. <laughs> Any, anyway, uh, so so the one thing the and, and, and the one thing that, that was also odd in addition to uh, him or the documentary barely touching on the fact that he wrestled what was the fact that um, I didn't know anybody they interviewed other than other than uh, the the Mountie. Right. See, that's what that's what one thing that took me out. For two things took me out of this episode. One was all the French because I, even though I understand it, then like I speak a little, but like even with subtitles, they they went by fast. But also, I only knew the Mountie out of all the people they interviewed, aside from his wife and his daughter, who of course were obviously there. Right, and so it, it, it that just kind of threw me off a little bit. But um, but they said that he was pretty much the um the Hulk Hogan of Montreal. Um, they brought up the fact that he wrestled guys like um, you know Hulk Hogan. He wrestled Andre the Giant. Uh, you know the Ultimate Warrior. Um, and then um. He tried to go uh, head to head with um, with 
WWE when they were um, doing their territory sweeps and poaching talent from all of the uh, top promotions. And obviously, he couldn't um, he couldn't compete with their production value or the money that they were offering. So eventually, uh, despite his pride, he actually joined up with uh, WWE, and he was um, he was paired with Jimmy Hart. Yep. And um, you know he was actually part of uh, two of the WrestleManias that we reviewed. I believe he was part of um, WrestleMania three and WrestleMania six, if I remember properly. He way up WrestleMania six is uh, when he finished it's quick, I believe it was. So, um, but um, or was it Axel Duggan? One or the other. Yeah, he but he he wrestled. I I think it was um, Jim Duggan. But anyway, um, so he he talks about when he when he uh, when he first came in, you know he he was he was doing what he did in uh, international wrestling. But then once they had him uh, change his his character and and bleach his hair. He didn't like that because there was no such thing as a blonde Italian. Yep. Um, so that that, that really um, set him off. And because of the fact that he was getting older, um, WWE had, had less use for him. And then once his contract expired, they didn't renew him. Um, and that's when, that's when he... Uh, that's when he was forced to leave wrestling, and because of the fact that he hadn't he hadn't done anything um, other than wrestle, he didn't know how to do anything else. So, hence, when you have when you have a family to feed and and no real usable skills, this this is where people tend to slip down a slippery slope. And um, he actually had. Uh, mob connections to begin with because his his uncle was um a, a famous mobster at the time yep and uh um, there, there was only they said there was only one other wrestler that he talked that he spoke to about his life his uh, other life outside of uh, wrestling and that was rick martell yeah and then and then for, for some reason um rick martell didn't want to be involved in the actual documentary but then they ran a clip of um of him uh talking about it in 90 or no 2007 and um and you know he he pretty much said that he that dino was was getting in with some bad people and um and and apparently he said the, the he said something wrong to somebody or like broke one of the unwritten rules and because because of the fact that if you don't know the rules of the mafia you can you can get you can get got real quick um which at this point it, it was really starting to sound like uh the godfather it was, it was, it was yeah. really weird and just the, the gruesome nature of um of the murder is once again, um, once again brought up, and um, and 
it's also you know the 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 dangerous nature of of the wrestling business because he he said what 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 might have led him into uh, going into the mafia was um, was there were, there were no real benefits after wrestling because of being an independent uh, contractor and then that's that's when we got into uh, his connections with Vic Catroni, um, who was his uncle. Um, hence how he got into the mob. How he got into the mob. You, you know, being in the world of professional wrestling can sometimes be a little bit like being in the, in the mob. Well, yeah, because because some 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 of what we. Some of what we see, you know, there's, nope. there's not there's not a, there's not a long shelf life one in wrestling, and it, it certainly takes a lot out of your um, out of your body to begin with. So yeah, there there's a lot of different connections. Yep. So then, then it, once they once they got over his, his history and and um, and what made him famous and. All of that we get to the part where um where uh his wife and kid come home to find him with seven bullet wounds in his head and four in his body that yeah. it, it just got it, it got really sad um very quickly um and and uh the door was unlocked and it, it the fact that this that this hasn't been solved when there when there was this much um, when there was this much debris at a crime scene because they found seventeen bullet casings from two different firearms, uh, which led them to believe that there were two murderers involved, and he, he and then they also brought up the fact that two known. Uh, Mob individuals were killed. Um, were killed in in Dino's neighborhood, and, and then they got into um, into uh, his connection with cigarette smuggling. God, I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't realize cigarette smuggling was still a thing in the nineties. For God's sake, <laughs> um, but. You know, it's well, there was up to the side where uh, uh, Kramer uh, was trying to smuggle some Cubans into the into the U.S. <laughs> Jesus. All right. Well, maybe maybe I, maybe I was just too young at this point. I mean, in, in 1993, I was five. So. No, I'm, I'm just I'm just saying like the the uh, that was in uh, one of the episodes. Right. Um. Very good. So, uh, despite all of the physical evidence at the scene, uh, they couldn't um, they couldn't make any uh, connections to the um, to make an arrest. But they assumed it was it was a friend of his, based on the fact that he was sitting on a couch with a remote in his hands. Mm-hmm. Um, it, and then you know he. Uh, that part, get, was, that part was creepy. Like when they were describing, like he was sitting there watching television when it happened. Yeah, I mean that that was it was very creepy. And then 
And then it really got it really got sad because they were talking about how you know his wife became a widow at 28, and and she couldn't hold on to any of his wrestling stuff because it made her too sad. Um, so it was given away to his friends and family. Um, you know, and then and then once again they. They doubled down on the fact that once he left wrestling, he couldn't find anything else. Um, yeah, it, but it, it's it's really weird that they were able to do um, this documentary because, like, there's no uh, there's no closure in this. Um, you know, they, and like, there's no new information. Um, it was just, you know, what the, what the story has always been. And, like, I didn't know this story. So it was, it was just, it was just kind of shocking, you know. But with, with these kind of documentaries or even mafia stories, you're used to having, like, an ending point. Well, I, I heard about this when it happened. But to me, it just sounded like something, like a scene out of a movie. Like, we talk about it's like a mafia mob related. I've never heard of it. You, like, never, heard of it. you never heard of anything like that at the time. Well, I think it's. I think it's very. Um, I think it's very clear that it it was mafia related because, you know, it, I don't. I don't think there are very many murders that go unsolved for thirty plus years. Mm -hmm. uh, that's just my opinion. In terms of comparing this to other uh, Dark Side of the Ring uh, episodes, I didn't really like this one as much because yeah. it was just. It was just so. So sad, and it was it was almost. I had the same reaction to the to the Benoit episode because it was it's 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 too real and too, you know, the emotions are just like there and you know, yep. raw and it just it's you know the, the dark side of humanity is very interesting to look at, but then it's like when you start thinking about the consequences of it, you know, and someone got shot 11 fucking times and you, you see the, the devastation it left, mm -hmm. you know, it, it, it's just very sad. So I was expecting like a wrestling like documentary, but it was really, it was so really, like, it was really like a mob documentary with a side of wrestling. And I just, I don't know. I did, I the story was just a little bit too, too real for me. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Um, but uh, so that was my review of of uh, Dark Side of the Ring. And then next week they're actually they're actually doing the one where you you showed me the clip of this. Yes, did you watch that clip I showed you? Yes. Uh, yes, with, this is a slap, uh, the slap that was heard around the world. Yes, so I'm, 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 looking, I'm looking much more forward to, to that one. You know what, I can't, I can't say that the John Stossel doesn't, didn't deserve it because I just hate when people, anyone calls wrestling fake. Well, I do, I do too. I mean, the only thing fake about it is that it's is that the outcome is predetermined, but the injuries that they they sustain and the 
sacrifices that they make. Are, that's not fake. I mean, I've seen good, good for David Schultz when he, when he uh, did that and he said, does that, does that look fake to you? Yeah, and, and you know, and from, from what I saw in the brief commercial, uh, uh, John, whatever his name is, the reporter was still Stossel. trying to, John Stossel was still trying to, like, justify yeah. It all the, you know, it's like, what the? Yeah, no, hey, <laughs> you were wrong, and you, that's it. Just say we're wrong. Exactly. Yeah. It's just, people don't want to admit when they're wrong, and it's just like, it just makes them look so fucking pathetic. It's just yep. sad. But, so, um, uh, what are we going to do next week before we get into this uh, last segment? Uh, no, this was, um, um, this was this was the last segment before before the go home bit. So yeah, no, I'm saying before we get to to the next part, before we uh, close out the show, what, what are we gonna do next week? Oh, um, oh, I, I misunderstood your question. My bad. Um, so we're going to uh, review the David Schultz episode. Oh, you want to do that one? Okay. Yeah, and then I, and then I figured we will. Um, I figure we'll. Um, I wanna. I don't know which one I want to do yet, but I, I, I want to look at one of the earlier uh, Money in the Bank pay per views because I know we went over the first Money in the Bank match. Uh, last week with our WrestleMania 21 retrospective, okay. but I, I want to I want to look at one of the earlier um, Money in the Bank pay-per-views and and maybe uh, review one of those, and then uh, the the next show after that that will be our go home show for Money in the Bank, and then we'll make our predictions as to who's going to climb the corporate ladder. <laughs> okay. So we we uh, have we have more homework to do. Yeah. And uh speaking of homework, ladies and gentlemen, uh that leads me to our uh final segment of the evening. Um Elio uh sent me a message earlier this week asking me to fill out a uh a bracket and um I was, I was a little bit uh, thrown off at first because, you know, there are no sports going on. But apparently, another the other podcast that he w- that he's involved in uh, had had run this um, semi tournament before to to determine the best uh, fantasy intercontinental champion. So he wanted me to gi- to give it a shot, and I'm gonna. Uh, reveal my results to him live and in person right here on the show so uh stay tuned for that all right ladies and gentlemen we're back we're gonna get this tournament going so ben are you all set absolutely i'll give you the matches and then you just tell me uh, who you have down okay all right our first match is pent on we're gonna do left side and we'll do the right side right so okay. our first open match is pedro morales and edge 
I had Edge. I'm sorry. I had to. Okay. And I, I have Edge. Um, second is uh, Chris Jericho versus Jeff Jarrett. Is that really a question? Come on, Jericho all day. <laughs> and Mr. Perfect and Ken Patera. Um, perfect. Okay. Yeah, uh, you know what? I don't think you would. I don't know if you've ever seen any Ken Patera matches. Um, I may have seen one, but that's about it. Yeah, he's not uh, that entertaining. All right, Randy Savage and RVD. Savage, come on. <laughs> after after that WrestleMania six classic, really, come okay. on. Honky Tonk Man and Triple H. Triple H. I was never really a, a big honky tonk guy. Okay, that's just because you weren't uh, around enough to see uh, to see most of his matches. Come on. <laughs> oh, yeah. Our, our age difference is showing here, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Shelton Benjamin and Kofi Kingston. Benjamin. Okay. I think Benjamin had a lot more potential than what he was actually used for. All right. And then uh, Dolph Ziggler and Cody Rhodes. Cody. All right, and Tito Santana and Shinsuke Nakamura. Tito. All right. All right, let's take a look at mine. I have Edge and Jericho, Perfect and Savage, Triple H and Kofi, Cody and Shinsuke Nakamura. Okay, so you had a couple different ones. All right, so... And the first match that you have is Edge and Y2J, is that right? Yeah. And your pick? Jericho. Okay. Perfect and Savage. Uh, perfect. Okay. And then you had uh, Triple H and Kofi Kingston. I mean, so you had Triple H and Shelton Benjamin? Uh, Triple H. Okay. And Cody and Tito. Tito. All right. So let's uh, see what we have here. Okay. So the next round we have Jericho and Perfect. Who do you have? Let's see. Jericho and Perfect. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I had uh, Mr. Perfect. Oh, uh, Y2J got destroyed with the Perfect Plex. Okay. <laughs> no, uh, yeah. That's right. Okay. And we had Triple H and Tito Santana. Tito Santana. Oh, this should be a good match. This is uh, we're down to the to the wire here. All right, so on the other side. Well, you're forget, but you're forgetting bracket number two. We still got to do bracket number two. What's bracket number? We did bracket number two. Bracket number two was Edge and Y2J. Right, but then, but then we have the, uh, 
the, uh, oh, the, uh, no. the other set of matches. The no, 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 no. I'm, I'm fixed. I'm setting up uh, one side, and then we're gonna go on the other side. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. All right. Wow. So we have Perfect and Tito Santana. It's down to Perfect and Tito. Um, perfect. Okay. So Mr. Perfect is in the end. All right. So let's look at what we have on the other side. On the other side, we have in the first round, Miz and Seth Rollins. Rollins. Okay. We have Jeff Hardy and, sorry. Uh, hold on. Yeah, sorry. Jeff Hardy and Bret Hart. Bret Hart. Come on now. Okay, so we have Seth Rollins and uh, Seth and Bret. Okay. All right. Uh, then we have Shawn Michaels, Pat Patterson. Shawn Michaels. All right. Then we have Warrior versus Randy Orton. Orton. Ooh, okay. Right. I was never a really big uh, Ultimate Warrior guy. Again, the age difference. <laughs> yeah. Okay, then we have Don Morocco and Christian. The original Rock. Morocco. Okay. Then we have The Rock versus Greg Valentine. Rock. You just want to see Rock versus Rock. Nope. <laughs> All right, and then we have Barrett, Wade, Wade Barrett, and Dean Ambrose. Barrett. Ooh, okay. And we have Razor Ramon and John Morrison. Please, I am I am as choked on my Mountain Dew. When I, when I saw that match at the first hour, are you serious? <laughs> I think I know that. I think I know your pick. Well, well no, I'm, I'm serious because I, I I filled this out yesterday, and as I as I was doing it, I was sitting on Mountain Dew, you know, pretending to do serious research. <laughs> And then, no, I, I took this. I took this really seriously. It took me a long time to fill the shit. Okay. <laughs> um, you know, and it was Ramon versus Sean Morrison. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> I'm guessing you're gonna pick Razor Ramon. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no shit. <laughs> okay, so I picked. Okay, I picked, uh, first of all, on the other side, I picked uh, Y2J, Perfect, Triple H, and Cody. Then I moved, I picked Perfect and Cody. And then, uh, yeah, then I picked Perfect and Cody, and I moved Perfect into the finals. Okay, so on this side, I have Miz, Bret Hart, Shawn Michaels and Warrior, Don Morocco and The Rock, Barrett and Ramon. Okay. So... Uh, what's your so your next uh, round is Seth and Brett? Who do you have? Brett. Okay. 
I have Bret Hart, and I have The Miz. Boo! <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> okay. Shawn Michaels and Randy Orton. Um. Uh. HBK. Okay. Oh, you just want to see the Shawn and Bread match again? Okay. Uh, next one is Morocco versus The Rock. Rock. The new rock beats the old rock. Okay. And then we had Reed Barrett and Razor Ramon. Seriously. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Wait, you picked these. Ramon. <laughs> All right. Okay, so your next bracket looks like this. Well, first of all, mine looks like this. Miz and Bret Hart, HBK Warrior, Morocco with the Rock, Barrett and Ramon. So I went, I, so my next bracket is Bret Hart, Warrior, and Rock versus Barrett. Okay, so your pick, Bret and Sean. It was uh, HBK. Oh, okay. And we have The Rock and Razor. Um, I had Rock. Oh, wow. Okay, so our next, our, this is our last ones before the finals. Because I had, um, I had Brett and The Rock. In the, okay, so who do you have uh, for yours? You said you have uh, Sean and The Rock, and I have Brett and The Rock. Who do you have? Um, Sean and The Rock. I have Rock. Oh. Okay, I have Bret Hart. Okay, so it's Mr. Perfect versus The Rock in the in the finals. Wow. Really? Yeah, and I have Mr. Perfect. Oh, Mr. Perfect uh, this destroys The Rock. So, in your tournament, it was Perfect versus Defeating the Rock to win the tournament. Okay. Yep. Mine was Perfect and Bret Hart with Bret Hart winning the tournament. That was a a good one. Wow. Holy similarities. That was pretty cool. Yeah. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that is our tournament. So... Uh, you couldn't tell, but we uh, paused a few times so I could write down, uh, take down the names here. But yeah, we had a uh, similar picks uh, with the uh, different winners. Yeah, we, uh, Elio and I definitely tend to think along the same lines when it comes to uh, professional wrestling, as is evidenced by all of our, uh, typically all of our um, pay-per-view picks have been Typically the same, and this fell this fell along the same lines. I think I think you were a little bit more uh, loyal to Bret Hart, which I understand. Um, but um, well, you already know the WrestleMania six story. Bring my mom thinking the Rockers were dead. Screw, come on. Oh yeah, but <laughs> so that's understandable. But um, you know, but. We just thought it would be uh, a little bit fun to do something different, yeah. and um, and we might um, we might pull 
uh, something similar like that in the future. Mm-hmm. Yeah, tournaments are fun. Absolutely. Maybe uh, we should look up some different uh, ones uh, online and uh, put put our own together. Yeah, well, I think I think doing a tag team one would be really cool. Okay. Especially with how uh, tag team wrestling gets murdered on WWE television. I know. Oh. Okay. I mean, <laughs> I mean, it's like a public execution. <laughs> Damn it. Yeah, All right. Brutal. <laughs> okay, so what do you say we bring this show to a close? Absolutely, and uh, thanks for uh, thanks for hanging out and uh, doing this uh, doing this tournament f- with me. I uh, I thoroughly enjoyed the tournament. That was actually one of my uh, one of my favorite um, segments we've done. And then uh, I actually I was, ladies and gentlemen, I was telling Elio off the air. You know, I was actually taking this very seriously. <laughs> I I, uh, I have a I have a notebook here, and I'll I'll show Elio so that he can uh, ver- verify. As you know, this is my notebook right here. Y- yes. It's, it's, <laughs> yeah. You you should really meet my mother. You you two are iPad people. Um. But but <laughs> but you know. I'm, I uh, I actually went to school for writing, and I was I was always used to the pen and paper. So yep, yeah. Um, but anyway, no, I'm like you. I I used to I used to have a book. I used to write my own stuff in there. And it was cool. Yeah, I I just always kind of like doing it that way. But um. Oh, can I tell you something off air? I I just had a good idea. All right, okay. Okay, very good. Yeah, All right, we, so. Uh, we think of things on the fly here. Um, so, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to bring the show to a close. I've been your host, Elio Canella. And if my co-host, Ben, Ben's host, Pierce and Bears, Ben Pierce, Ben, sick by the fans. See ya, and uh, stay safe during this quarantine. And uh, thanks for hanging out with us on this Saturday night. And we will see you right back here uh, next Saturday evening for regularly scheduled awesome Better than WWE programming. And remember, ladies and gentlemen, if you can't find us, you're lying because the PNC Progression Wrestling Podcast is everywhere. We're taking over, baby. And we will see you next week.